Good morning. I want to say what a um, privilege it is to to be here today to share with you some things that God is doing at the foundry, but more important than that, what uh, I got to get my uh, I don't want to fall apart. Okay. But it is a privilege to be here, and, and if you would have had longer to hear about Doug's testimony, you would have realized the incredible work that the Lord is doing. The Bible says, if anyone be in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And to be able to be a part of a ministry that's watching men and women come through the doors with their life totally messed up not knowing if they're going to live or die. And then watch that process. I I call the foundry God's cocoon for addiction because when you come into the foundry and you get a hold of the Lord, he takes you through a process. We can't see that metamorphosis when uh, it happens from a caterpillar to a butterfly. But we get to see transformations like Doug. And uh, it's just, you talk about a, a blessed place to be, uh, we came in 96, Michelle and I, with a vision, with a dream, with a calling. And uh, God has done incredible, incredible things with men and women. Uh, we've just seen some tremendous growth. I want to share some thoughts with you today because whether it would be uh, Mama Lois, whether it would be Tony Cooper, whether it would be Bill Hines, we would say thank you. For allowing us to do what we do, because if it wouldn't be for folks like you that uh, help us, we came with a two hundred thousand dollar budget. And this year, our budget is almost seven million out of Bessemer. You're talking about needing a miracle. Uh, But God's in the miracle working business. Anybody say amen to that? Listen to this quote by Dr. Miles Monroe. Says each of us, whether black, brown, yellow, red or white was conceived by destiny, produced by purpose, and packaged with potential to live a meaningful, fulfilling life. Can I share with you today that nobody in this room is here by accident. Everybody was created, and you have a destiny, and you have a purpose, and God has given you potential to do what others might think are impossible. You're talking about an impossibility. If you knew my inability to be an executive director, I'm not organized. There's so many things that go against me being the executive director. But in spite of me, in spite of what I can't do, God, when he has a plan, when he has a purpose to complete that plan, when he has all the potential within him to do what he said he can do, no matter what your limitations are. I'm, I'm here to recruit today soldiers for the cross. I'm here to encourage you. It doesn't matter what you think your limitations are. God can take you and use you for the glory of God. I'm reminded of the story of Moses. He was an elderly man. He um, was a murderer. 
He was a runaway fugitive. He couldn't talk clear. He stuttered. And God came to him one day after 40 years in the wilderness. And he said, uh, I got a message for you. I got some encouragement for you. He said, uh, I've seen my people in Israel. And I've seen how for 400 years they have been abused and misused. And I want to set them free. I, I, I want to help them. I, I got a better plan for their life. I, I've got purpose for their living. I, I've got potential that I have planted inside of them. And Moses said, God, that's, that's incredible. Uh, they've been waiting a long time. How are you going to do it? He said, I'm going to use you. And in Exodus chapter 3, Moses said, I beg your pardon? You're going to use who? I'm a senior citizen. I'm 80 years old. I'm a murderer. I'm a fugitive. I can't talk. And you're going to use me. I don't understand that. He says, it's not for you to understand. I created you. I created you with a plan in mind. I created you for a purpose. And I'm going to give you everything you need. Moses said, well, what, what in the world will I do when I go to the strongest man, the most important man in Egypt? Walk into his office and say, thus saith the Lord, let my people go. What authority am I going to have? He says, well, you just tell him I am sent you. Can I share this with you? God's placed some callings on some people's lives in this room this day. And because you don't think that maybe you have what it takes. You don't think you have the backing. You don't think you have the abilities. When God plants a seed in your life, he plants it so it can grow. Moses said, well, all right, let's pretend I go to this man and, and I tell him, what, am I, what do I have to offer? In Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, God says, what do you have in your hand? He says, I got a stick, a piece of wood. You know what God told him? That's all you need. What I have given you is all you need to accomplish what I've called you to do. When we came to Bessemer, I said, God, I'll go. And I don't say this bad about Bessemer, but who wants to go to Bessemer? Huh? Come on now. A poverty city, drug ridden, and you want me to. Plan a recovery program. I, I'm an ex-drug addict and I know what it's all about, but you're sending me to a place that's already there. But I'll go because I want to tell you something. When God tells you to go, you know what you're, you're to do? Very simply, you're to go. He told Abraham, he said, pack your bags and go. He didn't tell him where he was going. He just said, when you get where I want you to be, I'll tell you so I said, God, we'll go and we'll do even though I don't understand because you know my end of it. I got ADD, DDDD, with a few more Ds. I'll sit down at my desk and I'll plan something to do and I'll find myself doing five things before getting to it. I said, God, you know my inabilities. You know my shortcomings. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Send me good people. 
Because the one thing I know about leadership, you don't have to have all the answers. You just have to have the people around you that have all the answers. And so I want to share with you how to release your potential in the year 2015. Mark Twain said the two most important days of your life is the day you were born. And listen to me, folks, the day you discover why you were born. Ephesians 1.11 says in the message translation, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Some facts. God has a plan. We were conceived. You were created fearfully and wonderfully for, for destiny. What is destiny? Destiny is a predetermined course of events. God already had his mind made up. The Bible says before you were in your mother's womb. Psalms 139 says every day of your life, knowing your shortcomings, knowing the obstacles that you're going to face, knowing the challenges you're going to have, knowing the mistakes you're going to make. Every day before you were born was already mapped out. You're not in this room, in this church, in this city today by accident. God strategically, Leon, placed you here. He knows exactly what you have need of. And when you understand that, when you understand you're not an accident, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They're not plans to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you hope, to give you a future. God didn't create anybody to be an addict. God didn't create anybody to lose. God created us to soar like an eagle, to win. It's our choices sometimes that get us in a mess. But a fact you've got to understand is that God has a plan for your life. It's called your destiny. Destiny is a predetermined course of events. Another fact, God has, God's got a reason. We were produced for a purpose. What's a purpose? A purpose is the reason why something is done or used. The aim or goal of a person and what a person is trying to do to become. You've got to understand there's a reason why you're here. And it, you, you don't focus on what you don't have. You don't focus on what your inabilities are. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, I can do all things. Now, what's all mean? I'm a simple-minded person. That means I can do all things. Just break it down. What's that mean? It means all through Christ who gives me the strength. I might not. Well, no, I might not. I was back there singing worship with with you guys and Doug said, shut up. (laughs) I can't sing. There's things I can do. Not many, but there's a whole lot that I can't do. And you've got to understand that when you get in line with why you were created, When you start allowing those gifts, and by the way, we were all created with gifts. Some has some, some has more. That's the good news. The bad news, in Matthew 25, Jesus said we're going to be accountable for those gifts. You're not here to sit on your death. 
You're not here to just pass the time. You're here to make something happen. You're here to stand behind your pastor and the staff here and the Holy Spirit and go outside these four walls and make a difference in people's lives. Let me tell you something. I don't care who you are, what your shortcomings are, what what you've done in the past, how old, how young, how white, how black, how educated, how uneducated. It doesn't matter. Everybody in this room was created to make a difference in some people's lives. Some have more talents and don't worry about what they have because he didn't create you to be them. Did you hear what I said? He created you to be you. He created you to go where you're supposed to go and do what you're supposed to do and be willing to give what you're supposed to give to become what he created you to be. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And God has given us. He packaged us. Miles Monroe said, he packaged us with potential. What is potential? Potential is who we are that we haven't yet become. Why we are that we haven't yet discovered. And what we are to do that we haven't yet accomplished. I want to share this with you. I was reading in the message. I I like the message translation. Everybody, I I think God has created a lot of different translations for different personalities. And and I like the message because it's, it's today's language. It's where we are today. And I was reading about Moses the other day preparing for this. And, um, I started looking at some words that came out when God was talking to Moses and, and encouraging him to, to go and do what he was created to do. And so I want to share with you four or five words that I, I pray that are ingrained in you as God leads you to get out of your comfort zone, to get out of the box, to get out of status quo, because he didn't create you just to barely get by. He gave you gifts and talents and abilities to, to, to be whatever he created you to be. The first thing that I saw in Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, is when Moses was born, they were trying to kill the Egyptian babies that were boys. And the Bible says that when Moses' mother saw him, she said there's something special about this baby. Can I tell you this? There's something special about every one of us in this room. God didn't just not have something to do one day, and he thought, well, I'll, I'll create Paul. Not, not happening. He has a plan. He has a purpose. And he has a way to get it done. And you've got to understand, it doesn't matter where you've been. doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. God says there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So many times because of our shortcomings, we don't do what we know we should do, what we're pulled to do because we we failed before. Let me tell you something. A good running back is going to get tackled. He's going to fumble, but he's going to want to get the ball again because once you are in a place of touching somebody and, and helping them change their life, that's a feel good that you can't get for money. That's a feel good that you can't get for where you live and the house you have and so on and so forth. When you see somebody like Doug come in the doors, a desperate individual for life, and you get to play a small part. You don't have to be the hero. You don't have just play a part. 
provide, give the tithes and, and do your thing that you're gifted to do for the church. And somebody comes in these doors and because of what you help to do, you see them flourish. You see them change. Let me tell you something. It's incredible when you step into your promised land. From 1996, January the 1st until today, I haven't had to go to work. I get to go to work. Does anybody hear me? When, when God told Moses, he said, I see my people. I, I, I see the hurt. I understand the pain. He said, I got a better place. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. There's fruit there. There's blessings there. And when you understand that when you get into that place, it don't get no better. It just continues to go forward and upwards. So everyone in this room, I, I, I want to plant a seed. I, I, I want to encourage you that you're somebody special. Moses said, who am I? Well, first of all, you're somebody special. But here's what God said after telling him what he was supposed to do. He said, I'll be with you. You ain't going to go it alone. I can't tell you the miracles that that I've seen in almost 19 years now since we came to Bessemer. Somebody asked me one day, they said, uh, right when I got there, I was standing under the awning looking over to our little 5,000-square-foot thrift store that's now in a 110,000-square-foot Sears building where we bought our first washer and dryer. And if anybody in 1996 would have said, that thrift store that you have on 18th Street that you can't keep stocked is going to be in this Sears building, I would have said, I got a drug and alcohol recovery program for you. (laughs) But let me tell you something. When he tells you to go... He's going to go with you. He's going to be there all the time. And to see the miracles that he will do. I, I, I told somebody when I was under the awning, looking at our thrift store across the street, they said, what do you see? I said, let me tell you something. What God wants to do, I can't comprehend. Can I give you a scripture to plant in your spirit that will change your life? Ephesians 3.20 says to him, not to you. Not to who you know, not to what you got. To him who is able. Everyone say able. He's able. It won't hurt you to say able. <laughs> to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ever ask or imagine. Watch this. According to the power that is living in you. Man, I'm running out of time already. What time is it? Let me. Second, third thing, uh, he said, what if they won't listen? God said, believe me, just believe in me. Don't look at the circumstance. Look at the creator. The fourth thing, the king of Egypt, if they won't let him go, he said, I'll intervene. Whatever obstacles you have, he will intervene. Because if you're going down the path he's called you to go, he's going to be your uh Uh, offense. He's going to be your defense. He's going to be your leader. He's going to make a way. And then he said, my miracle will send them reeling. Let me tell you something. Understand he's faithful. Understand he wants to build our confidence. The Bible says 
that don't throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded. The Bible says you need to persevere so that after you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he's given you. He wants to be your deliverer. He wants to be your resources. He wants to be everything you need when you need it. Let me read something to you. It's titled, Who I Am Makes a Difference. Because who you were created to be can make a difference in somebody's life. Listen to this. Who I Am, a teacher in New York decided to honor each of her seniors in high school by telling them the difference they each made. She called each student to front of the class one at a time, and first she told each of them how they made a difference to her in the class, and then she presented each of them with a blue ribbon imprinted with gold letters which read, Who I Am Makes a Difference. Afterwards, the teacher decided to do a class project to see what kind of impact recognition would have on a community. And she gave each of the students three more ribbons and instructed them to go out and spread this acknowledgement ceremony. And they were to follow up on the results, see who honored whom, and report back to the class in about a week. So everybody was given a project to do to go find three people that had made a difference. One of the boys in the class went to a junior executive in a nearby company and honored him for helping him with his career planning. He gave him a blue ribbon and put it on his shirt. Then he gave him two extra ribbons and said, We're doing a class project on recognition, and we'd like you to go out, find somebody to honor, give them a blue ribbon, then give them the extra blue ribbon so they can acknowledge a third person to keep this acknowledgement ceremony going, and then please report back to me and tell me what happened. Later that day, the junior executive went in to see his boss, who had been noted, by the way, as being a kind of a grouchy fellow. He sat his boss down, and he told him that he deeply admired him for being a creative genius. The boss seemed very surprised. The junior executive asked him if he would accept the gift of the blue ribbon and would give him permission to put it on him. And his surprised boss said, well, sure, the junior executive took the blue ribbon, placed it right on his boss's jacket above his heart. As he gave him the last extra ribbon, he said, would you do me a favor? Would you take this extra ribbon and pass it on by honoring somebody else? And the young boy who first gave me the ribbon is doing a project at a school, and we want to keep this recognition ceremony going and find out how it affects people. You can be an incredible effect on people. That night, the boss came home to his 14-year-old son and sat him down. He said, the most incredible thing happened to me today. I was in my office, and one of the junior executives came in and told me that he admired me and gave me a blue ribbon for being a creative genius. He said, imagine, he thinks I'm a creative genius. Then he put the blue ribbon that says who I am makes a difference on my jacket above my heart. And he gave me an extra ribbon and asked me to find somebody else to honor. And as I was driving home tonight, I started thinking about whom I would honor with this ribbon. And son, I thought about you. I want to honor you. My days are really hectic, and when I come home, I don't pay a lot of attention to you. Sometimes 
I scream at you for not getting enough good, good enough grades in, in school and for your bedroom being a mess. But somehow tonight, I just wanted to sit here and, well, just let you know that you do make a difference to me. Besides your mother, you're the most important person in my life. You're a great kid, and I love you. The startled boy started to sob. And he continued to cry, and he couldn't stop crying, and his whole body shook. He looked up at his father and said through his tears, Dad, earlier tonight, I sat in my room and wrote a letter to you and Mom explaining why I had killed myself and asking you to forgive me. I was going to commit suicide tonight after you were asleep. I just didn't think that you cared at all. The letter is upstairs, but I don't think I'll need it now. His father walked upstairs and found a heartfelt letter full of anguish and pain. The envelope was addressed, Mom and Dad. The boss went back to work a changed man. He was no longer a grouch, but made sure to let all of his employees know that they made a difference. The junior executive helped several other young people with career planning, never forgot to let them know that they made a difference in his life, one being the boss's son. You don't know until you know what a difference you can make. And along with Mama Lois, is it Stephanie? Pamela, I'm sorry. I told you I don't have much. When you get old, you lose your memory. But I didn't have a memory to begin with, so that's just an excuse now. But Tony Cooper, Brenda Spahn, that love lady, there's some incredible ministries right outside your door. I happen to think we're one of the best, but then I better think that. But it doesn't matter what you have in your hand. Moses obeyed God. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And Moses said, it sure don't make sense. I'm, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but he did it. And God intervened. God created miracles, and the people of Egypt or Israel were set free. But you know what? Your, your gift is going to be challenged. And you might question your gift because all it is is a piece of wood. They got to the Red Sea, and the Israelites started fearing, started getting mad at Moses. The Egyptians were coming at them from one side, and their backs were to the Red Sea. And what happened? Moses took what was in his hand. And for the glory of God was a vessel that God could use to make a difference in a lot of people. Everybody in this room has more potential than this stick. The question is, what are you going to do for it? Let me pray for you real quick. Father, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be a part of your family. We thank you for allowing us to 
serve you in whatever capacity you have created us to be in. And so, Lord, as we look at ourselves, as we look in the mirror, as we examine our hearts, God, I pray that you open people's eyes in this room that don't understand their gifts or are afraid of their gifts or question their gifts. God, if you can take somebody like me and create a ministry like the Foundry with as few gifts as I have, you can take those in this room and create ministries and opportunities to make a difference in many people's lives. I thank you for Pastor Chris and his staff, this church. And God, may this room multiply many times over in Jesus' name. Amen.